Good morning, everyone. You know, usually I start with a joke. Today I'm going to start with a quiz. (laughs) Didn't see that one coming, did you? So for those of you at all interested in the advertising media, the quiz is I'm going to read the text, the copy text, from a very popular advertising campaign a couple years ago. In fact, it won an award. And I want to see if you can guess or remember what they were selling. From the first small shiver when it catches your eye to the great shivers of delight and pure happiness when the coveted object actually becomes yours among life's pleasures, count this deeply held euphoria as unique. The only way to get these shivers is by getting the... Well, apparently you aren't all in the gold jewelry market. The idea was, in fact, the title of the advertising campaign was called The Gold Shivers. That just the sight of the gold jewelry would send shivers up and down your spine. Now, a lot of you are looking at me like, Larry's gone round the bend today. But you know what? Isn't that kind of what advertising is intended to do? It's intended to have an effect on us. It's intended to bring up a feeling in us. And, and sometimes it's, a, of course, something that, uh, that rings true to us, that, that we go for anyway. Other times, not so much. But I want to ask, the, I guess, the general question. Can something like uh, gold jewelry, can something like a new car, can something like a, maybe a new relationship or, or something that you've purchased or acquired or, or managed to come up with, can it make you feel happy? We're going to get there in a minute. Um, we're starting out this week with a, a new book. Uh, our book of the month is called Awakening Joy uh, by uh, James Beres. And I want to read the promise of this book for us. And I'm taking it very seriously. In fact, I want you to hold me to it. But here, let me read you the promise so far. Joy is our birthright. All young children have it. It is innate to our consciousness. Joy, happiness, if you will, is a reflection of our true nature. A pure, timeless, inviolable spirit found in each of us. In these pages, which includes modern scientific and neuroscientific research, as well as inspiration from others, you will discover the transformative practices of awakening joy. It can lead each of us to live with dignity, compassion, and gracious freedom each day of our lives. So that's the promise. I will, I will extend it to you all. In fact, I want you to hold me to it. If by the end of this month, you do not feel that you have the power to bring more joy into your lives, to experience more joy, well, I don't know what. I'll do, I'll do a, a funny dance for you or, or, or something. Hold me to it. Because I think we will discover that we actually have a lot of power in this area. Okay. So we're, we're now back to the ad for a second. What did you think of that? First of all, it kind of makes me think, am I that easily manipulated? Do you know what? Really, can someone make me feel a thing? And yet, I think we've all been there, haven't we? The thrill of a new car, 
the thrill of a new relationship. Um, maybe that time when you got really an exquisite gift from someone that came right out of left field and just the idea of the thing and the person that purchased for it, it just welled up in your heart with joy, with happiness. Absolutely. But people. Maybe, and maybe, and yet, he, he said, isn't that the joy of the gift from the person? It certainly was in some, in, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yet, when I go out and buy myself a new car, it feels pretty special for a few weeks, right? Oh, you caught on, you caught on. It's the few weeks, yes. See, I think that indeed, oftentimes, we can obtain happiness through purchasing or through objects, but, but the truth is, so often it's very fleeting, isn't it? And so often it's very also unpredictable, isn't it? What might have made you very happy this week may have little impact to you next week. In fact, I would suggest to this advertising campaign, you might get the gold shivers when you tried it on for the first time, but after wearing your gold jewelry for a month, right? Same old thing. So what is the nature of happiness? We're going to talk about that some more today, but if there's any doubt about whether money can buy happiness, I have statistics for you. <laughs> The International Happy Planet Index has been updated for 2013. And if you didn't know that there are worldwide statistics on happiness, you do now. For the last five or six years, they have asked a series of standardized questions in all the various languages of over 200 company, uh, countries throughout the world and got statistically accurate numbers on which countries and, and which sets of people feel most happy. And, and, and really, it's no more complicated than that. They ask a series of questions that talks about happiness, bliss, contentment, those kinds of things, and they rank them. Where do you think we fall on this list? <laughs> we fall about 25. Now, what might interest you, some people might say, well, the more affluent the country, the, the country where people live the longest, the country where people have good health care, the country where blah, 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 are the countries that are the happiest. Uh, let me list some of these. They might surprise you. What about Panama? What about Costa Rica? What about Ireland? All of these countries are much happier than we are. Now, some of them you might say, I know near the top we have Canada, which is much, much happier. And just cross over the border, you'll, <laughs> you'll be much happier. But I guess what is interesting is they also score, uh, in, in another part of the same website, they score the economic indicators and standards of living and things like that. There is absolutely no correlation between the standard of living of a country or even its life expectancy and the happiness to be found there. So if you didn't, if you didn't just puzzle it out on your own, the, the statistics are in as well. Having more stuff will not necessarily make you happier. Having a more abundant life in a very physical sense of that, in terms of the, the biggest house or, or the whatever, it may add to your situational happiness for a short time, 
But statistically, over the course of your life and the life of the people that are in your community and in this country, that is not what brings about happiness. Happiness, not surprisingly, is an inside job. Let me read from this book, Awakening Joy, and you'll see what I mean. James Barron says, The journey of awakening joy begins with setting a clear intention. Although we all wish to be happy, most of us don't place an explicit wish for that at the center of our lives. We think uh, that we are successful, rich, or liked by others, that then happiness will come. We tend to hope that achieving certain goals in the future or obtaining certain outcomes will make us happy. But these are roundabout ways to get true happiness, and they don't necessarily work. What does get you there is starting right where you are and discovering what you are looking for in the midst of your current life. So not having to wait for happiness, not having to set things up to get happiness later in life, not to buy things or, or, or have a certain career track. These things may situationally make you happier for a certain period of time, but that's not the source of happiness. How many of you believe you can turn on happiness? Yeah. Now, it sounds like a bit of fakery. It sounds like a bit of a cheat. But we have the ability, right in our own hearts, right in our own minds, to think about and recall happiness. You know, I was, uh, I was helping a friend of mine uh, plan for a memorial not too long ago, and we were looking at some pictures, and here in the midst of what would be a very sad time, I mean, it was a very sad time. In fact, we had cried earlier in that day. Here in the midst of a very sad time, I watched my friend looking at just some little square pieces of paper that we call photographs, and you should have seen her face beaming. Now, did that piece of paper have the power to do that? Of course not. Of course not. It was her own mind. Before long, I found myself laughing as well. Do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that infectiousness of, of, of people interacting with people, of people recalling times from the, the past, of, of people knowing in their own heart that what's going on is about love, is about joy, is about happiness. Later this month, we're going to talk about some very specific techniques that we can use in our daily lives. And looking, for instance, looking at photographs is one of them. But we're going to look at some very specific techniques that we can use to bring more joy into our lives. No matter what's going on on the outside, no matter whether you've had a crazy day at work or, or, or uh, you know, an upsetting telephone call, no matter what, we have the birthright of joy. And this month we're going to learn, if you will, how to turn it on a bit. Now, is this fakery? Perhaps so. If it is, it's like, God bless it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> each of us have to start somewhere. And I ask you, in each one of our lives, hasn't there been something that you wanted to do that was new? And the very first few times you did it, it did feel like you were faking, didn't it? 
I remember when I first learned how to drive, I was very bold and said, oh, no, I'm after like three or four lessons. Oh, I'm fine. But was I fine? Oh, no, no. I was just lying through my teeth so I could get the car. When we, <laughs> when we first learn how to do things, we're anything but sure it's going to turn out, right? The first time that you uh, had a love affair, right? Wasn't it equally exhilarating in terms of the love, but also fraught with the, oh my God, do I know how to do this? Am I going to just be faking it? I don't know how to love someone. I, in fact, I had someone who was a new parent say, I don't know how to be a parent. And I thought to myself, well, neither has the thousands and billions of parents that came before you, right? And yet, we managed swimmingly well. So this month, I'm going to suggest that we're going to embark upon a means by which we're going to make ourselves more joyous. That we, and we're the only person that can do it anyway, right? We already talked about that. The gift may or may not do it. The, the love affair may or may not do it. And even if it does it, it's not apt to do it for long. But we have something that is consistent through all of our lives, and that's us. That's our own brain. That's our own ability to think. It's our own ability to know what and how and to what degree we can be joyous. We can be happy. We can be loving. Now, the book, which I think is very interesting, starts in a very particular place, and I'm going to ask us to start there too. First of all, it says you've got to name your joy. You have to name it. In fact, it says even the word joy or even the word happiness may work for some people and may work for, not work for other people if we want to actually claim a thing. In fact, I was talking this over with, uh, with my friend, Reverend Lynn, and she said, oh, Larry, you mean bliss. And I thought to myself, bliss? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think the Dalai Lama feels bliss, but... <laughs> But that wouldn't be the word that I would use. And so I was thinking about it for a minute. And I don't even know that I would actually use the word joy, although I love the word joy. I think for me it is going to be uh, an actual covenant that I wait, make myself to experience happiness. That's a word that just kind of does it for me. But the first thing I want you to do before we take a, a vow or a commitment for having a joyous life is, what's the word for you? Maybe it's contentment. Maybe it is bliss, or maybe it's joy, or maybe it's happiness, but I bet there's a concept or a word that feels just right for you. We used to have a board member that loved the word hootenanny, and I'm imagining that, <laughs> that wherever Mike is right now, he would say, hootenanny, that's the word. So first of all, I want you to be able to name it. Secondly, I want you to be able to understand it. And not from a mechanical standpoint, but what the feeling is. So what's the name of it and how does it feel? And for that one, just use your head like a time machine and go back to a time in your life when you felt that thing. So if it's joy, use your head like a time machine and maybe go back to when you were 12 years old and running in a field of grass with friends and playing some crazy game. Do you know what I mean? Just bring up that memory and feel that feeling. So we're going to name it, we're going to understand it, and then the third piece is to simply claim it. And our homework for this week is to claim joy, to have a covenant, if you will, with ourselves that we're going to get better 
just like we're putting the training wheels on, that we are going to choose to get better at feeling joyous. Now, we're going to learn a bunch of tools coming on this this month, so let's not worry too much about that. I'm going to give you at least half a dozen tools through the end of this month on how you can cultivate joy, how you can seek it out, how you can feel it more strongly, how even when you're waiting in the Safeway line for way too long on a really hot day, you can still feel joy instead of what you are feeling. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Or when you get that phone call from your boss and your boss says, I want to see you in my office in five minutes how maybe walking back from that meeting, you can begin once again to feel joy. I'm going to give you the tools, but James Barron says, and I do think it's true, that first we have to claim it. And again, he did a little bit of research. What he found was, uh, and in his particular study was people who were trying to to quit smoking and and, and do some other things in their lives, he found that when they made a either written or verbal commitment to themselves, they were almost 30% better at keeping those commitments, at, at experiencing that new way of being. So here's what I want to do this week is have you commit, have you make a spiritual uh, compact, if you will, or agreement with yourself that we this month are going to learn how and experience more joy. Are we up for it? Okay, sounds great. In fact, let's try just a few affirmations to get us in the mood for it, all right? So I will say a phrase and you repeat it back to me. Today I am happy. Today I I experience joy in life. life. Throughout my day I am happy. I find happiness in my mind, my life, and my heart. I am happy. Now, for at least 10% of you, that just sounded like total bullshit. <laughs> again, again, I've, I've, done my re- <laughs> I've done my research. I've done my research, and although I didn't actually get a public opinion poll, 10% of the people in any group of people will actually find affirmations hard to take. It sounds too phony. It sounds like you want us to be part of a Disney commercial or something, <laughs> right? It, Sharon, are you in the 10%? Sharon's in the 10%. And that is okay. It is okay because we have the training wheels on. It may sound hokey at first. It may sound just as impossible as the day when I told my mom, oh no, I've had enough driver's license. Can I borrow the, can I borrow the keys? I've had enough lessons. I'm a good driver now. And, and did I really believe that? Oh no. <laughs> but I was ready to give it a try. We are going to be ready to give it a try. So again, just to repeat what your homework is this week, it's nothing more and nothing less then in your own words and in your own heart, making a covenant with yourself to learn how to and experience more happiness and more joy. Are we game? All right. I'm going to close with a final reading from Awakening Joy and, of course, a prayer. Awakening Joy is not about fulfilling goals or changing our particular circumstances. It's about training our minds and our hearts to live in a way 
that allows us to be truly happy with our lives as they are right now. We begin to find the joy inside us right where we are. And as you work with the practices and techniques offered here, you will discover that happiness is not a place that you arrive at, but rather it is the result of training your mind to ride with ease and flexibility throughout life's journey. Let us pray. There is one power, there is one presence, there is one joy, there is one life. There is that happiness of God itself in all of its majesty. And you know what? It means me, too. I know that my life is part of God's life, that that my mentality is part of the one mind, that my life is part of the infinity of God. And so it is true for each person in this room. Each of us has the ability to experience God's joy. It is that gift that is given and given and so freely given. And so for this week and the week beyond and the week after that, I know that each of us has that ability to experience more joy, to learn some of the tools and techniques of experiencing and finding joy right where we are, right in our own lives, right with the people and the places and the situations that we hold close to us. Joy is to be found. I'm grateful for this. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. So glad you were here. Thank you for being here.